Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to another Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on this week with Pistol, and we have a very special guest as our interview, our second interview, and it also is the runner-up of Supercoach for 2021. So I'd like to know, Nico, tell us a little bit about yourself, who do you support, and how long you've been playing Supercoach for. Hey, Pistol. Um, It's good to actually uh, put a face to the the voice on the podcast. I, uh, it's really cool to actually um, be interviewed by you and, and get on the Dr. Supercoach uh, podcast. So thanks for having me on. Um, You're welcome. Just before I do, I just want to congratulate uh, M Supercoach Mama again on uh, on her win. Um, it sucks losing, but I'm glad I lost to someone who's kind, humble, and is truly a nice person. So well done, M. So a little bit about so myself. Glad you didn't lose to Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> It was looking like it at one point. <laughs> uh, a little bit about myself. Um, similar to you, mate, I'm a, I'm a mad Collingwood supporter. Uh, yes. So I, uh, I have been my whole life through all the lows and, and a couple of highs. Um, I've been playing Supercoach since 2014. Um, I was surprised to actually see that it launched in 2006. So I don't know what I was doing for those eight years, but probably losing a few brain cells out on the town. Uh, <laughs> Back Collingwood was actually not too bad at football, so you're probably maybe more yeah, to them. <laughs> going to the games and, yeah, enjoying life. Well, um, I'm sure this was somewhat <laughs> enjoyable coming, coming was. second. No, no, absolutely it was, yeah. It's just COVID life is probably what I was referring to there. Um, but, yeah, I, my rank I looked up today was 26,136 in my first season, so... 
I've uh, I've managed to to climb up a little bit. <laughs> just a just a couple. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's in terms of your previous ranks. Um, have they have you ever been you know somewhere up in that in that top a thousand, top a hundred range even? No, nah, not at all. No, it's um, I've significantly improved this season. I don't know exactly what it is or or, or how it became. Um, yeah, I, I had a look at Nico Supercoach data posted um, on Twitter something today about, or it might have been yesterday. Everyone's yeah, sort of previous results, and it's crazy seeing dyslexia have two top ten in a row. Oh, um, unbelievable! Yeah, um, so that's I guess that's the aim for me is to not. <laughs> drop the face off the off the face of the earth and uh and try and stick around that that top echelon but um yeah i, I reckon it might have been five thousand or something last year and um yeah definitely way further back the years before that so big improvement sharp improvement it's a it's definitely a big one did you do anything in particular differently this season compared to your previous seasons uh, i started off really well and I avoided a lot of the early carnage with, with injuries and I managed to sort of only use about six trades in the first six weeks and from that point on it just it let me really be aggressive with my trades and I think having that aggressive mindset of trying to finish my team as quickly as I could yeah. this year I particularly I, I focused on that uh, rather than league which I have been doing in previous years so trying to save my trades towards the end of the year and finish with a flurry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so that was definitely something I did different. And, um, yeah, look, it paid off. And I'll probably be using that same strategy moving forward, I dare say. <laughs> well, you know, if it works, you keep going with a good thing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So back to your starting team. I know I've got to go rewind. It must feel like forever. I feel like you probably mm. feel like you've aged double in the last couple of weeks with the, the pressures at the top. But um, back, back up in uh, February, when you were researching your starting team, did you kind of, uh, you know, were you more looking at players in their preseason and watching the preseason games and using that to select your starting team, you know, a bit of the eye test? Or were you more looking at past history and data when, when choosing your players? Probably focus more on past history and data. I don't think I watch too many preseason games. Um, you can only sort of take so much out of it. I think um, they're sort of going about you know half-paced, um, trying a few different things, all that kind of stuff. Um, I definitely try and absorb a lot of info. So listening to your podcast, um, listening to other podcasts as well, um, the AFL website seeing who's, you know, flying during preseason, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> They're all flying. <laughs> They're That's all flying. The, the trick. <laughs> <laughs> you got to try and read between the lines, though, with, with a lot of that stuff. Um, but, yeah, just keeping an eye out for for role changes, that kind of thing, which um, which I think was huge. Like nailing those um, defenders that you could pick in the forward line this year in Supercoach was massive. Yeah. And um, I think, like, the top three – oh, sorry, three out of the top six were – defenders um for t- total points in the forward line this year so um having having them i didn't have dale but having a couple of them was was huge and um yeah for me it it really is getting as much info as i can and then trying to decipher that and go with my gut really for, for a starting team so in, in your starting team did you you know pick many mid prices or did you go with a pretty tried and trusted you know guns and rookies type type structure or how did you kind of go about that 
Yeah, uh, more guns and rookies. I I try to stay away from the mid price madness. I think um, you can just sort of get trapped in the middle, and you can't really. It's it's hard to go either way um, after that if if they don't actually perform very well. So I just try and stick to the rookies and, and the primos. Having said that, I, I did start Paddy Dow and um, and Clark from Geelong. So I don't know if you count them as as mid price. <laughs> yeah. But, Probably um, <laughs> they're, they're not that. I think they plagued a lot of us. <laughs> yeah. This season. Yeah, and Dow, you know, came back to form towards the end of the year, and uh, but yeah, Clark was definitely one that that didn't work out. Um, but yeah, I sort of had you know pretty pretty heavy defense to start with. I think I had four primos in the in the defense. I don't actually remember uh, or have any any visual of my initial team, so I'm just sort of working on on my trade history and. Uh, and memory, so uh, I definitely had four primos at the start of the defence. It just sort of seemed like they were too obvious to pass up, and um, and then yeah, tried to hit my rookies. I think uh, you must be one of the only people that play Supercoach. When I said just go back through your camera roll, you'll have a hundred different <laughs> pre-season footy teams, and you're like, I actually have zero. I'm like, I I don't yeah. comprehend what you're saying. <laughs> it's a bit hard when you've got. Uh, a little girl that that is basically your whole life and you take a photo of her every single second of the day and and a video of her and your your phone data just blows up so um yeah it's definitely um normally i probably would have if if i was child free but my yeah my phone's just absolutely chockers with with photos (laughs) of zara so (laughs) well i mean i I can't blame you now 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 i feel bad for saying that but uh (laughs) so I know uh, it's obviously hard to remember your starting team, but do you remember anyone in particular that you thought was like a really good starting pick or like your favourite one? Um, probably for his consistence, consistency would um, be Jack McRae. Uh, it's pretty crazy, but like you bought him at 650k at the start of the year. The lowest he dropped was 621. Yeah, and the highest he got to was 670. So I think... Yeah, if you're going to spend that kind of money, that's what you're looking for, really. And I think, what, about 50, 50-odd percent of the comp ended up finishing with him in their team, so... Yeah, yeah, 53%. So is that something that you'd take into perhaps next year, maybe picking the midfielders that are more consistent and have less of a price fall and kind of avoiding more of the volatile premiums? Yeah, ab- absolutely. I think that's probably key. If you can pick up a Clayton Oliver cheaper at some point during the year... Which, which you could have done this year. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I started Clayton Oliver and I don't have any, you know, qualms about starting him. He was great all year. Um, but yeah, there's definitely players, especially at that upper echelon. I mean, look at Lockie Neal this year. Obviously, injuries, um, you know, has ruined his year, but um, you could have picked him up cheaper. Yeah, so I think the main consistent guys like McRae, you just pay top dollar for. Um, yeah. Maybe someone like Merritt as well from Essendon. I didn't have him the whole year, and I was the only person in the top 10 who didn't have him. <laughs> I did notice that. I think uh, I might just quickly read through your team just so yeah. uh, we can give the listeners a little bit of insight. You had down back, you had Laird, Lloyd, Caleb Daniel, Whitfield, Ridley, Tom Stewart with Briggs and Bianco on the bench, so some nice cover there. In the midfield, you had Jack Steele, Jack McRae, Tom Mitchell, Clayton Oliver, Sam Walsh, Jared Lyons, and 
Bontempelli with what looks like Bramble at M8. Uh, Newcomb, Mc, Finlay, McRae and Fife for the bench. You've got Gorn and Grundy in the ruck with Reeves on the bench. And in the forward line, you've got Hall, Zorko, Marshall, Dugowie, Hawkins, Bolton and Jay-Z on the bench who didn't quite make it through the season with Josh Tracy in the forward line. So I'm just guessing you had Bolton or something at M8 um, to end the yep. year and just wanted to use Bramble in the last round. Yeah, well, I was looping, yeah, I was looping Bolton with Briggs and um, that all came crashing down in, in round 22 when uh, Briggs was out along with Lloyd and and Stewart uh, in my defence. So um, that was the plan for, for M8 was to was to loop those guys and um, I could also even, you know, play a Bramble if both of them failed. And that. I had a really good system going, but... Um, yeah, unfortunately, it all sort of came crashing down in round 22. Um, but yeah, that, Bramble was definitely my cover uh, and decent cover, I thought. So I didn't have any objection playing him in the last round, but that was the, the only time I had him on field. Yep, I think uh, there may have been a few of us. Like yeah, it when Jay-Z. Well. Yeah, Jay-Z was out, so I, I swung Bolton to the forwards yep. and no, put Bramble on. Yeah, makes perfect sense. So when you were making your starting side this year, did you think... Did you take into consideration at all, like the buyers in advance, or are you more of a player that just you know thinks about it three, four weeks out? No, I, I absolutely plan for the buyers. I think it's um it's an edge that you can have on the on the rest of your uh, mates in in your leagues, and um I guess there there aren't any league games, but if you're actually playing against your mates for overall or, or playing for overall, then yeah, it definitely is an edge. Um, so I, I planned. I even planned how many primos I have in, in each round, how many rookies I have in each Very round. Very good. <laughs> <laughs> and then I have. Um, I keep it up to date every time I trade. I I update the little note section in in the SuperCoach um, app. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so I keep track of it. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, it all sort of once again came crashing down with um, with the change in the last buy round. Yep. Um, but. No, yeah, I like to be organised. I like to do my research and, um, yeah, just yeah, using that notepad, even though it's it's clunky as hell, um, you, you type it, you know, and it just disappears sometimes and all that kind of stuff, but keep it back up. And, um, yeah, I definitely, yeah, structuring your team, even, yeah, the initial team, um, yeah, I still had an eye on the buys and, and what I sort of wanted to have during the buy period so I could field a strong 18 sort of for each round. How do you think you did? You achieve that goal? Did you did you manage to get through that very well? The buys was that one of your strengths of the season? I'd say so. Yeah, I I went into it ranked number one, and I came out of it ranked number one. So well, then, I think I think that's pretty good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I but, mean, must have done something right then. <laughs> oh, I did. I did use a lot of trades though. Um, but yeah, it was just part of that aggressive gameplay that that I had. So um, yeah, I even. I traded short uh, to Jared Lyons and I traded um, Petrarca out as well to um, uh, to Josh Kelly. So that wasn't a great one. But it got me an 18th player instead of fielding 17. So in that last buy round. But yeah, and, I might have gone a little bit over top trying to hold on to, to first place, I think. <laughs> and and uh, did you? what did you do with Grundy? I know that was a contentious play for a lot of coaches trading him out or holding him. I got influenced in Zach Smith. I don't know how that happened. I, I'm trying <laughs> to rattle my brain. 
some really big influencer got me with that one. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that bad. It got he me really points. Scored Grundy on the way home. I should have kept him. Yeah, you should yeah. have kept him at R two the whole season. Yeah, you would have an extra trade in the last round. <laughs> oh, there's a hundred points easily right there. With there an we extra go. Trade. We figured it um, out. The key was holding Zach Smith all along. Yeah, yeah, but look, he did get me through the buys, so um, he got me points on field, and I got Grundy straight back in. I, I traded Grundy out to Bont, and during that period, I was banking 150 points pretty much every game. I think he was on he was on a tear during that middle part of the season. I don't want to tell you what would happen if you picked Took Miller instead, so we'll just uh, yeah, we'll okay. just <laughs> walk past that one. <laughs> so, oh. um, I was going to ask though before we jump into the end part of the season, in your lead up, you know, towards the buyers, right in that upgrade season, did you have any like really standout trade ins that you think you know really contributed to your, I guess meteoric rise from the top actually i should ask what what was your rank round one um rank and then i guess where when did you realize now i'm, I'm doubling the questions up on you but no, when but, did you realize oh i'm i'm actually i'm a chance <laughs> yeah um let me just bring up my team um sorry just bear with me a sec i no, think it's fine i think when i got to 22nd um and that might have been sort of around around four or five i think I was like, oh, okay. I think, I think I should really just be concentrating on overall and um, and not uh, on my leagues. Um, so, first round, um, where's my rank? Uh, I got two thousand one hundred and five points, and so my round rank was five thousand three hundred and fifty-eight. And then what was round two? Round two, I jumped up to four forty. Okay, so um, it was just like, that was one of your, you just pretty much were a, a straight up to the top type season for you. Yeah, and yeah, I just kept going up, yeah, 197, 103, then I got to 22nd in round 5, and um, 17 round 6, 10, 8, 4, 3, 1, yeah, at the buy periods. Um, I think it was just consistent scoring. That whole that whole range of um, of data there. I'm, I'm going in the 2300s the whole the whole time from round two to round six. Well, was there yeah any particular players in that that run that early run that you traded in that really catapulted you up the ranks? Yeah, it might have been the danger injury I, when he went down. I did a little bit of DPP and got a mid in. I got Sam Walsh in, so I think that was a big tick. At the start of the year, he had a he had a brilliant season, and um, I guess it it's almost what you didn't do as well as what you did do at the start. So, I mean, I didn't have Neil in my starting team, um, so that was a big tick as well. Yeah. Um, so people who had him were obviously feeling a lot a lot of hurt, and then danger's gone down, and then and then others have obviously gone down, and um, yeah. But I just sort of avoided that that carnage, I think, as well to to really get me up the ranks. At, it was just a bit of dumb luck more than anything else, I think. <laughs> I think you're being a bit too hard on yourself there. I'm looking at your, your trade history. It seems you've traded in a lot of players at their lowest price, namely you got Zorko at 485k. In round eight, you got Caleb Daniel at 412,000, which is you know very cheap. But you actually, you jumped on him when a lot of people pretty much had, were jumping off him. Did you see something there in yeah. particular? Um, 
I don't know if I saw something. I think it was just the the value, and I thought he he could if he gets back playing half back, um, he could get back to scoring well. Um, so I, I don't really recall at the, at that time. I just thought his price was too good to pass up, so I just jumped on him. Um, yeah, I don't think it was anything regarding role or, or anything like that. Um, probably just needed a defender at the time, and he fit the bill. I know you said you couldn't recall, which uh, mm. rhymes perilously close to uh, your round nine trading. Um, Aaron Hall, four hundred and nineteen thousand. When you grabbed him, what what was the thinking there? I know a lot of a lot of people online wanted to stay away due to his in- injury history, but you look like you've jumped on almost right at the very beginning when his ownership was less than two percent. I did, um, and I'll, I'll give that credit to to Doctor Supercoach and um, and the Slack guys that um, that sort of brought up his history of of injuries and. Um, it definitely was um, a selection where I said to my mates, "Pray for me. I'm bringing in Aaron Hall this week." <laughs> <laughs> it just did, did. It definitely did not feel right. Um, but boy, did it work out! And I, like you were, I think you were on um, round eight uh, on him, and um, and spoke very highly of him in his role, um, the whole Bruce free role, getting the ball off halfback, good kick, long kick, meters gained, all that kind of stuff, um, efficiency. So. Yeah, he um he came in and, and that was probably a pivotal move. To- hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. To to really get me up to, to number one and, and staying in that that top ten for the rest of the year. So in your, your run home, I mean, you said you were basically, well, you were leading throughout the, the buys. Did you do anything differently knowing that you were, you know, in the hunt for the 50K that you probably wouldn't have done in other seasons? I probably tried to hold on to the number one spot too hard and, and still traded maybe a little bit too aggressively to try and keep that number one spot, um, even though if I... You know, drop down a second or third. You know, wouldn't matter later later in the year. I'd still potentially have a a, a trade in the bank that is going to be worth you know a lot more to me at the end of the year. Um, on the run home, uh, with that round twenty two struggles, I really sort of bombed that round. Um, I had a lot of outs and I had a donut and I really I tried a hail mary and I tried to hit a two hundred VC. Um, so <laughs> I had it on steel <laughs> and he was 96 at half time. He was. <laughs> and then he was 100 at full time. And um, yeah, that was a dagger. Um, so, you know, I, yeah, I ended up having the, the captain on 
on Oliver, um, who, who didn't who didn't really hit. But um, I just figured it was worth a shot. Um, at that point, I figured I, I can't win. I might as well just just try what I can. Um, I don't want to die wondering. Like I don't want to be. A, oh, what if I did this? What if I did that? Yeah. Um, so gave it a crack. Didn't work. Nearly worked. But <laughs> I mean, you got pretty close. <laughs> got close. Yeah. Oh, there's so many what if moments like during the year. Like, so you're still having those moments, even though you oh. you were like, oh, I'm not gonna die wondering, but you still you're well, still wondering. <laughs> thanks to Nico Supercoach data, I tell me I hit 39% of VCs. So. I mean, that's not what you want when you're at the top. Like, you want to be hitting more than 50% of VCs. There's so much, yeah. like, stress watching your straight-out captain playing. Um, yes. I've, I, definitely missed, I definitely missed a couple of them. I had, I had it on Bont. He got an 80-odd once, and um, Clary got a, got a 90. And, yeah, um, I benched Sam Walsh uh, against Geelong. I never bench him at the MCG is, I think, what I've learnt from that. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, that that lost me forty points by playing Brambles one twenty. So yeah, all these little things that if you add them up, no, it could be um, it could be a new car in the driveway. Well, did you did you how did you come up with when to take a VC and when to roll the dice for a captaincy? Did you have a particular plan? I mean, you said you hit it thirty nine percent of the time, so I imagine your threshold was higher than maybe some other people's. My threshold's one twenty five. And it always has been, I think, just from playing the game and yep. learning from your past mistakes, it's kind of like, okay, that's that's my figure. That's where I'm comfortable at. But maybe I should change it to 120. But I don't, yeah, I don't think I had too many VCs that were, you know, 115 to 120. I think they were like 80, 90. And just obviously I need to, to pick someone else to be my captain. Um, but yeah, 125 is, is, my, um, is my go-to number. Um, I did change that once this year when Gorn was up against Collingwood and I went, okay, I think that number needs to be more like 135 for this round. And um, he got outrucked by Max Lynch. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> and Collingwood won. So you would ne- yeah. <laughs> never have predicted that. Yeah, you have little faith. The yeah, Collingwood avoiders. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've seen us go downhill um, too much this year, but... Um, <laughs> Anyway, I think yeah, a whole a whole rebuild from the top to the bottom is is on the cards from the looks of things. So hypothetically, if McRae were to get a one twenty four, yeah, would you not take it? No, I would. I would. So ah, it's okay. it's just a guideline. It's not yeah, yeah. I, was I think I'd take that. Proven cracks because McRae did score one hundred and twenty four for me in the later rounds, and I didn't take it, and okay. I got burnt with a sub. Uh, that was when Wal- I think Walsh got eighty one or something like that. I yeah, got, I got an eighty score as my captain for uh, not taking my think, yeah. I think M might have had him captain as well that round, and I was I was cheering because a, a little window had opened up for me. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, look as as we as I want to keep saying, the second is nothing to sneeze about. It's uh, an absolutely no, fantastic finish. So. Yeah, I'm proud of it. Um, yeah, there's a a lot of a lot of thought <laughs> and time goes into it, and. Um, I think my wife uh, is is probably happy that I'm not half <laughs> listening to her, and <laughs> there's, there's a lot of um, super coach strategy going through my head instead. So, so yeah. is there anything major that if you could do differently, you know, do you, have you thought about what you would have done? I mean, I'm sure you've thought about it. I mean, you came second. You're probably thinking about nonstop since Sunday. <laughs> yeah, um, oh, probably stick to my. I've got 
you know, a seven or eight sort of commandments <laughs> for, for Super Coach. Um, I should have stuck to, to my uh, to my rules. I um, one of them is no key position players, and I I, uh, I did that, and um, I, I brought in um, oh god, his name's escaped me, Hawkins, Tomahawk. Yep. I brought him in, and um, yeah, if I bring in Danger instead at that point, even though Danger's a little bit more expensive and he's going to drop a little bit more, yeah. I mean, I'll probably win. I'll probably win if I bring in Danger there. Um, Hawkins goes on to get, like, three 60s in a row, um, and then Danger starts popping off with 180s. So, um, but anyway, maybe, like, it's just sliding doors, um, really, that kind of stuff. Um, I think I played a good game. It's really not having Danger was, was the one thing that sort of in the back of my mind was, like, I don't have him. I really can't win this. It's just too big an ace up up these guys' sleeves. Um, especially when it sort of coincided where I had my poor weeks. Yeah. So I'd score like a, a 2200 and that same week Danger would get a, a 184 or 169 and it sort of amplifies my poor weeks. So. Yeah. Um, but no, look, I think I think I played a good game. Um, I don't think there's anything really too much I'd change. There's just little things here and there that, you know, a bit of, bit of good luck or a bit of bad luck. I'm kind of interested in hearing some of your your other commandments and you know taking them as lessons learned into your next season. If you have a couple more pearls for us, um, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to run through them. I don't think they're anything. Um... Oh, you got them written down? Oh, it's in my little notepad. Oh, oh yeah, I would yeah, love yeah. to love to hear your. <laughs> we're going to call it Nico's eight commandments. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Super Coach 2022. Number one: <laughs> Never go early on rookies. Um, I think I broke that this year, though, um, a couple of times. Uh, okay. Take take sixty plus for rookies when you're looping them. That seems like a good rule. Um, VC. Oh, see, look, I got VC. Take one twenty plus here. One twenty. Yeah, one twenty five in my head. So. <laughs> well, now you're gonna have to change that for next year. Yep. Uh, don't trade primos. Minimum two or three week injury uh, to trade. Um, I broke that one as well. But that was towards the end of the year when I traded out Kelly um, Petrarca? to oh yeah Petrarca, yeah. Jeez, you're not but, really good at keeping. With no, your own no. Are this you? is yeah. This is one of my. Uh, <laughs> we're calling them not Kamat. We're calling them loose one of my things. <laughs> one of my things I'm looking to change for next year, I guess. Uh, try and have a reliable bench playing option, dual position preferred. You got that. You had that this yeah, year. Yeah, I did have that this year. Uh, no key position players. I broke that with with Tomahawk. Get as many rucks as possible. Is another one. We brought in Marshall. And I brought in Marshall. You, you kept Trace. You brought in Tracy in round two, and yeah. you kept him for the entire season. So you really kept that rule. Yeah, yeah. Even when he was getting twenties, um, <laughs> <laughs> I actually brought him in round two because I had a forward bench player who scored really well. I don't remember who it was, but it must Probably have been a ninety. Ro. It might have been a ninety or a hundred. Yeah, Roe might have got a hundred. Yeah, and. Um, I wanted that 100 on my field, so I brought in yeah Tracy as a as a dead player, and um, at least he came back on and, and provided me a little bit of bench cover. Um, he came onto my field once when CCJ got five, wow. and um, and Tracy got 25. So yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's some points. I'm pretty sure <laughs> he had one points. game that he scored really well in the buys. Yeah, he scored well in the buys. Yeah, so. He actually, he was my 18th player or 17th player a couple of times during the buy period. So, yeah, he had his value. And then I thought he's just not, he's not really worth trading out. He was part of my plan to get Danger back. 
Um, so him and CCJ, I needed them to get to 300k each, and um, that's they, the week they that they stinkers. they bombed. Yeah, five and, and twenty-five, same round. And that's the week that Danger got his one eighty. Oh, no. So it was just polar opposites in in prices, and just could not get him. Um, yeah, um, and my last one is try and jump on form players if possible. It's a very vague last sort of rule that one, but. Yeah, I don't know how you can really do that, to be honest, but I've written it down. So, <laughs> Well, in round 17, you jumped on Dugowie at 407k, so that's pretty much before, or one or two weeks before most people were seriously looking at him. Yep. Was there a method to your madness there? Probably a bit of Collingwood influence, I guess. Um, you know, I was watching Collingwood games, and I saw his role was predominantly in midfield, and he was, you know, pushing forward to rest um, and getting the occasional goal. So, yeah, I, I probably watching more Collingwood games than other people. Maybe I, I jumped on a week or so earlier. Um, yeah, I wasn't worried about uh, his court case or anything like that or outside influences. I just liked what he was doing on field and um, probably at that price point, I, I think he was my last um, trade in before I sort of classified myself as full primo. Um, yeah, so it was probably his price, to be honest, as well, that I was like, okay, so he's a guy that could potentially be, you know, an Uber premium um, at a really good price, and let's ride it home and, mm-hmm. and see how it goes. Well, that takes us very close to the, you know, the last round. How how were your nerves going into the last round? Maybe maybe this round before the last, because it sounds like you, you said you conceded earlier. Before yeah. you had conceded, how did how, your typical weekend go? <laughs> Oh, yeah, pretty short with my wife, not spending a lot of time with my kid, (laughs) on my phone the whole time, sitting on the couch, like, just absolutely watching every single second of the the game, like a hawk, Um, monitoring the scores. Yeah, look, I'm sure a lot of guys do it. It was next-level stuff, though. That's probably something that I could take. Maybe if it wasn't COVID, I wouldn't do it, but... Yeah, I don't know. When you're in lockdown and really there's only really footy on to, yeah. to keep you entertained and you're in the hunt for a major prize, it, it really took up, you know, a lot of my life. Um, <laughs> How's your point. stress levels? So, yeah, pretty high. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, blood. Had to go to the quacks for a bit, get the <laughs> blood pressure checked and all that kind of stuff. And Yeah, no, it was, it was stressful. But I think I went into the last round knowing I couldn't win, to be honest. And um, ever since, well, Dangerous 21 opened the door for me. And um, Chris May's laid out just helped, really helped me stay in the top 10. Um, a lot of the top 10 guys have him. Um, so they sort of match my donut in uh, in round 22, which was lucky. Yep. And um, But yeah, actually quite funny because Nico from, from Supercoach Data messaged me during the weekend and said, oh, hey, mate, just you probably know, but I just want to let you know that you've got a 0% chance of winning now. <laughs> Matter of fact, <laughs> very matter of fact, and I said, "Oh, look, mate, I, yeah, I appreciate that, but I knew that last week, so that's all good." <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I was trying to tell them to celebrate, but she wouldn't listen to me. So she sounds, yeah. Well, listen to her earlier on the podcast. You can catch it. It was out uh, on our feed yesterday, and she was saying that she just wouldn't basically believe it until the last quarter of the last game when they were like, look, it's actually mathematically impossible for yeah. you to lose right now. I can understand that, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah, you don't want yeah, you don't want to hear the guy who's second telling you, oh, you've already won, you know, don't worry about it. They're probably trying to play mind games. <laughs> I really wasn't. I really thought I had got no chance of winning this thing. Were you I was su- really Were you sorry. surprised you held on to second? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Um I guess not having merit, not having danger. Um Yeah, I, I don't know. I think I was really lucky. Yeah, to, to to hold on. Um, I said on Twitter, I was like a tiring racehorse, you know, I've just fallen in and, <laughs> and um, yeah, if there was another week, I'd probably, you know, slip out of the top five or, or something. But um, I think, I, yeah, I got lucky in the last round with Danger scoring low and, um, yeah, I really have to give credit to, to Caleb Daniel because he, um, I think he kept me alive as a unique. No one else had him in the top 10 and um, his last sort of, five weeks 145 128 I mean, he's 55 wasn't ideal but then 112 and 110 um so yeah we didn't have many uniques um m and i and i really didn't focus a lot on the other guys until the last round and just it was my head was all over the place i was just trying to work out who i needed to do well who didn't need to do well i ended up just messaging nico on on supercoach data and said oh hey mate can you tell me if i've got second or not because <laughs> i'm freaking out here and yeah you told me i had it wrapped up so yeah no it's it's very exciting so i i guess i'm going to try and while i've got you tap into some of your wisdom for next season have you got your eye on any supercoach players at all or, or is this just too too soon for you is it a, it is a little too soon um I, I did have a, a little bit of spare time today and sort of had a look through the player database and see what kind of prices, you know, the guys might be next year. And Now you've got uh, your entire side ready. Yeah. So you can lay I, out the whole list. <laughs> I, got, uh, I got a little note. Um, Dunkley, Dunkley could be um, a good pick even if he does lose his, his DPP. I think um, well, he might be in the 400s or something. And if he's having a really good preseason and over his shoulder... 100%, which you think he would be. Um, I think he just goes straight in. Um, his scoring power is amazing. Um, maybe Dugowie, um in the forward line. You know, if he keeps his upward trend, could be could be worth the money. Um, other players like um, Butters, obviously. Um, M touched on that on the other pod, and um, JB won't stop talking about him. So. <laughs> Yep. Um, Bruce, Bruce, yeah. Bruce might be uh, might be number one ruck next year. I think the ruck line is going to be interesting. I don't know about Gondi anymore. Um, so maybe Bruce could be, you know, a sneaky R two or something at two hundred k. And Taron Thomas you know, is another guy that that could be could be a starter if he's guaranteed midfield time. And um, one guy that I sort of think could be a good go would be Hunter Clark as well. Um, yeah. Defense. Yeah. I think so Bryce, he's had Bryce Mitchell's priced him at I think like two hundred and forty odd k. So it's quite yeah, cool. yeah. And he had you know broken jaw or something like that, or um, you know another other you know unlucky injuries. So I think he's a frustrating player to own, but you know he could be one that starts the season really well and gets you gets you that price to you know to sideways to to somebody else like a, a Ridley or something like that. Kind of like CJ this year, just kind of exploded. Yeah. Early on. I did notice you didn't you didn't have any, you know, CJ or Tex or no. You didn't, you didn't get any of those players. You just slow and steady, as you said, Mister Consistent all the way through. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't know why it was. I think I just tried to preserve trades early. Um, Tex was was one that I 
considered. Um, and he would have been an easy, I'm sure a lot of people got an easy ride up to an, an Uber premium. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't really recall what happened and why I didn't do it, but um, maybe I was pretty happy with my forwards or something at the time and thought he was an unnecessary risk. Yeah, no, it was was fascinating. Well, I think that just about wraps up the interview. I I want to know, do you have anything else at all that you'd like to say? Uh, No, just thanks to you guys, Dr. Supercoach, and um, you guys, your content's amazing, your advice is amazing. Um, I love being part of the community. It's really cool. Um, everyone might getting a crack in my throat. I'm, I'm sick. I'm not I'm not crying. <laughs> I'm looking at him on Skype. He's bawling right now with uh, with tears. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, nah, but thanks to you guys. I think, um, yeah, joining your community really, really helped me um, rise those ranks. So thank you very much. Awesome. Well, I, I want to say it's been an absolute pleasure, I guess, riding this season out with you. And I know... All the way back when we started our Dr. Supercoach and we got people to write in questions on our Twitter, you're one of the first people to always ask us questions. So um, it was when I realized that you were second, it was such a big thrill. I was like, oh my God, a long-term listener is, is coming second. Um, and then first for quite a while as well. Uh, it was it was uh, extremely exciting for us. So thank you yep. for taking us along that journey with you. Uh, we, we definitely really appreciate it. And you know, we wish oh. you all the best in, in 2022. Thanks, man. I've relied on you guys, so that won't be changing in the future either. (laughs) Excellent. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for tuning in and listening. Uh, Don't forget, there will be some more interviews coming up this week, so make sure to check them out. And, uh, yeah, we'll we'll speak to you guys soon. Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM. 
for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.